Hi, this is Shannon from SIS, the number four teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us for our blog this week on Math Mites episode 301 and 302. Wow, it has been a month since Math Mites have launched. Four full weeks, two shows from four grade levels, K3. Wait, we can do the math for that, right? Eight shows in four weeks means we have released 32 Math Mite shows to date. That seems kind of crazy to me. I must say January was filled with so many different new things. It's hard for me to believe that we have produced and launched 32 different shows in the first month and can provide an outreach to parents, caregivers, teachers, to students all over Michigan and even our nation because you can tap into michiganlearning.org or mathmites.org. These episodes, 301 and 302, you might be wondering what happened to 219, 220, and you know, 230 in between. We're planning to release 18 shows per 10 weeks. So the numbering system for the episodes just refers to the quarter of the instruction. Don't get overwhelmed by episode numbers. They just really help us to kind of keep our guide that we're in the third quarter of instruction with this week's episode. Hopefully, as you are going through this process of how we've designed the shows, you can see it's all about getting kids to see the importance of all these different skills that we want them to be able to learn. January's focus was numeracy talks. We continued with Math Practice 3 and this week with numeracy talks where students are really solving problems and seeing where things went wrong, or what, which is really what happens in our classrooms after all. Helping students learn to respond with, I politely disagree with your answer because it's a really great way to help students to connect with this practice. In kindergarten, in episode 301, we're doing addition and subtraction expressions. In 302, we're matching expressions to drawings. The I can statements are I can figure out how expressions go with story problems or I could match expressions to drawing. We have a fun extension activity called match the expressions and then another game called match them up. For numeracy talks in both our kindergarten shows this week we're still using the counting buddy but extending it a little bit higher as we ask students one more one less. Again we did this with a 10 frame but the linear nature of the counting buddy with five of one color and five of another really requires students to think a little bit differently. They need to instantly recognize how many they see, but also be able to visualize that manipulative of the beads by taking away or adding on. In episode 301, we're going to focus on figuring out how expressions go with story problems. We did a lot of work in kindergarten this month with story problems and drawing pictures to go with them, but we're looking at that in another way. Students will take a look at a series of four drawings or algorithms, some addition, some subtraction, and they have to figure out which one doesn't belong. We want kids to understand that when they see an algorithm with the amount that is crossed off, that represents subtraction because it's taken away. If they see a drawing with some and then some more, it represents addition. Like last week, we'll continue to use pretty, some pretty fun videos that I like for help to help kids to really engage in story problems as they start to act it out. We're doing that again this week with, cause I just really love using videos and encourages you to do the same in your classroom. These are 21st first century students and the more we can visualize, the better. In one sample problem, we have 10 students, you know, on a bus, six students get off the bus. How many students are on the bus now? We can act this out on a word map. One thing I want you to pay close attention to is we're no longer using a mat with a depicted scene of the story. Now we're using a blank work mat. 
If you've been doing story problems pretty religiously with your kindergartners at this point of the school year, they should be able to visualize the story pretty well and be able to act it out on a blank piece of paper. You don't have to use my math work mat. Use a purple piece of paper if that's what you have in your classroom. A lot of kids build on dry erase boards. However, Whatever you decide to use, I do want to urge you to have a designated place for your students to act out the word problems. Because as you know, we're asking for CPA, Concrete Pictorial Abstract. So if students have built their problems with all their counters on top of their paper that they're using for the problem, it's going to get in the way as they start to do the picture and their algorithm. We bring in some great story problems here that we can get kids to match the language of the problems to the expressions. We have a video where students are playing hopscotch. There were eight kids playing hopscotch. Three of the kids left to go jump rope. How many kids are left? Without even solving it, we want the kids really to look at the problem and start to assess the possibility of the expression. Does eight plus five match the words? Does three plus three or does eight minus three? We take kids through the process of acting it out before we're looking specifically at the expressions to see which one goes to the problem. A little bit of deductive reasoning in the small little kindergarten way to do, but we want them to really understand they can do a great job if we set it up the right way. Another story problem that we do involves students in a video putting things in their backpacks. They can kind of see that really action and really, again, relating the story to something that they do. They get ready in the morning and they pack their backpack. There are two books in Nathan's backpack. Nathan puts four more books in his backpack. Which expression matches it? Is it three plus three, six plus two, or two plus four? Again, you want the kids to go through the CPA process to help the students to really understand it. The extension activity that goes right along with this as you're teaching is really, to sh really shown in this one where they give a story problem and they can practice matching the expressions to the word problems. As they're reading it, they can see which one goes together. Kids might start to be able to identify by looking at the numbers in the algorithm and deciding if it's addition or taking away or adding to which one they might think that belongs before they act it out. And show 302, this is a meat of the lesson. We're starting to match equations now to drawings. Before in 301, we were looking at word problems and trying to figure out which expression would match. This time we want to see if they can do the opposite, but also extend it a little bit more. We're looking at the drawing of four red circles and two yellow circles. A student might say, I think that means um, six minus two. As we get kids to engage in the lesson, to ask questions about what a student said, I'm asking them, do you agree or do you disagree? Together, we act at the drawing of the circles to know that. If we're looking at a drawing of a subtraction problem, it would have diagonal slashes through it with some of the circles in this case. That was not what we saw. We want kids to really understand the picture that is going to match that expression. To do this, we play a fun memory game. Match the picture to the expression. In this game, we have a different drawing. Some are two-sided counters. Some are just circles that show some and then some more. Some use circles crossed off. We want to see if students can look only at that drawing and match up the expression. The game can also be played as an extension the students would like. Students could become really detectives in our next activity where we ask them to put on their magnifying glass and find the opposite of what they have. So if we give them the expression, can you make the drawing that matches? If we give them a drawing, 
Can they find the expression that matches? This is part of the extension activity where kids get to do this and play a memory game. Next up is first grade. The focus in 301 is decomposing and composing numbers in different ways. In 302, we're going to compare numbers in different ways. The I can statement is I can decompose and compose two-digit numbers in a different way using tens and ones. Then I can compare two-digit numbers and decompose and represent them in different ways. The extension activity is a fun place value riddle and then we have a 10 frame compare. In first grade, we're also still using the Counting Buddies Senior for our numeracy talks, but are making it more challenging by asking what is two less or what is two more. Again, being able to look at 10 and then 10 on the Counting Buddy is to really connect that idea of the double 10 frame. It's huge. Our third modality of these number talks, if we were to continue this, would be on the Rec and Rec. It's so important for students to understand the concept of using numeracy with these different modalities. In episode 301, we're helping students learn to decompose and compose two-digit numbers in different ways using tens and ones. To begin, we start off with a pile of cubes that we're going to use to help to get the students engaged in the lesson. We have two tens and a large, almost impossible amount of ones in a pile to count. And we ask the kids to estimate the quantity that they see. The goal is to help the students to see that. If we started to, with a group like of tens, it would be easier for us to estimate and become more exact. By reorganizing it more into tens and ones, we're able to better understand our mathematical understanding. For the show, we're really building a different way to see 94. We bring in value pack again, sporting their values on their bellies to represent 94. We know that 94 can be renamed 90 and 4. But that's not the only way that we can break apart the numbers. It's really fun for students to play around with numbers using place value strips and base 10 blocks to see how they can divide the numbers up in different ways. On a personal note, the place value board is included in this particular show as one of my favorites. It's a tens on the left side and on the right side for the ones, there are three empty 10 frames. For first graders who can be overwhelmed sometimes by renaming numbers, this place value board is gold. As I start to look at eight tens and 14 ones, I can put the ones in the 10 frame to represent the 14 ones. And then it can kind of show them how to build it. The students are familiar with the base 10 system and the 10 frames. That using the mat of this type of lessons really gives them a great visual picture of what's going on. We want students to be able to look at the numbers and realize how many different ways we can break it down. If we did 94, we could do 70 and 24. We could do a different addition statement and say in different amounts with tens and ones, but at the end of the day, we still have 94. The latter part of the show, we play a game with number riddles, which kids find really fun because it helps them really think. You can use the eight math practices for kids to really attend to precision and be able to think through what they're doing. For example, one of the riddles, riddles, one of the riddles says, I have four tens and 25 ones. Who am I? If kids need to use the mat to help them solve the problem, that's perfect. Another example says, I'm the number 49. If you represent me with 29 ones, how many tens am I? Doing these types of riddles really stretches first graders thinking and can take it to math level to really a deeper place. It's very different from how you and I learned, but we're going a mile deep, not a mile long. If first graders can help us to really get this number sense and scaffold with tools that are needed, they're going to be set up for success. 
For the extension activities, students are going to be able to do some different riddles that they can take home or use at school with different types of problems they could solve while applying the higher level thinking. In show 302, our more and less numeracy talks, the counting buddy, we're still working through this same goal. But in the show, we're going to be comparing two-digit numbers by decomposing and representing them in different ways. Now, we want kids to decide if the amount I've built is greater or less than. For example, if a person has five tens and 32 ones and another person has Seven tens and two ones, who has more? Yep, we bring back Allie the alligator and Al the alligator, and they battle it out over comparing the representations. What you'll notice in the representations that we use is really to connect with what we talked about in the previous show, where kids are going to see two tens and 12 ones and compare it to three tens and two ones. They may not realize right away, but those are equal. As you share your thoughts with the problem solving process, kids will be able to apply this concept. A lot of times kids just look at the number of tens and they see what they think and they say, oh, I see three ten sticks. Obviously 32 is larger than the other because it only has two tens. We also bring back the map we used in the previous, the mat that we used in the previous show to help us to really do more with the comparison. We could also look at quantities with value pack. If you had 20 plus 13 and 13 plus 30 in an actual algorithm, we could ask value pack to help us solve the problem and figure out 20 plus 13 equals 33. And if I have 13 plus 30, which is the same as 13 ones and three tens, we could put those together. For our extension activity, we have a game where kids can see the base 10 blocks and have a lot of different ways of looking at it. But the quantity is actually equal to some another quantity. There's also a fun game that they could play called Base 10 Compare, where students can really figure out how to apply their thinking of what they've learned so far. Next up is second grade. Episode 301, we work on expanded forward. Episode 302, we work on numbers represented different ways. The I can statement is I can read, write, and represent three-digit numbers using numbers and expanded form. They can also read, write, and represent three-digit numbers, including number names. We're going to be doing a game called three-digit dash and a fun thing called five-way challenge. In second grade, we've been working hard this month to really help students understand the concept of number talks. We do a lot of different solving and showing them how we're solving this. For second graders, this should be second nature. As students understand sprinkling, we want to move them away from the dry erase board and let them see if they can solve problems mentally. For episode 301, the I can statement read that they could read, write, and represent three-digit numbers and using expanded form. You guessed it. We have to use our friend value pack because I'm kind of obsessed with him. The idea is that kids have that hide zero card and place the place value strips to really start to understand the statements of true and false. If I have 80 plus 90 plus 7, does it equal 894? If I have 407 and I add 70 plus 400, is it true or false? We go through a lot of different statements and have students think about this idea. The examples are done in both proportional manipulatives and non-proportional. I can't stress enough how important the use of both of these are in second grade. Sometimes kids fail to apply their knowledge when using proportional manipulatives and they might find the non-proportional easier. 
Either way, the goal is to help them learn to reason. In this episode, we build different numbers of base 10 blocks, three hundreds, five tens, and seven ones. We want kids to think about the equation they're looking at. We also want them to do the same thing with place value disks. So what is the sum of one hundreds, tens, and the ones? What is the three-digit number that it makes? A simple but fun dice game comes up towards the end. We roll the die and try to create the largest number in expanded form so kids can see the hundreds, the tens, and the ones. We want students to be able to apply their thinking to three-digit numbers regardless of the modality in which they see it, base 10 blocks, place value strips, or place value disks. We play a game called three-digit dash where the students roll those dice, create a number in expanded form, then show the three-digit number, and finally decide who's the winner. The winner may be the person with the largest, but you also could do it with the least amount. Lots of options to extend this game. In episode 302, our I Can statement reads, I can read, write, represent three-digit numbers, including the names. This is a really hard concept for a lot of third, second graders, as you're really writing the numbers in word form. It can become tricky. To engage our second graders, we're going to start to look at four pictures. One has just numbers, one is in base 10 blocks, one tells how many hundreds, tens, and ones, and the other one is written in word form. To help kids understand the idea of word form, we really spend time talking about the different forms. I threw something in here that I hear kids say all the time, and even though our example might be exaggerated in the show, I hear adults say it too. If we have the number 588, we oftentimes hear someone say that is 500 and 88. Do you agree or disagree? Value Pack stops by for a visit as I go a little farther into fourth and fifth grade in the show to show that when we say 5 and 88, it's like we're saying $5.88. We really want students to see that we really mean that that decimal point. We're writing the numbers in word form and we're saying them out loud. We should be saying the numbers and their values without saying and. A really important tip here is to give a sentence form for this. You could show blank hundred blank hyphen blank. This is so when kids see 627, they can see 627 with the hyphen in it. Giving kids a number name chart for this concept is really helpful because these are really big words to spell. Then we take a look at base 10 blocks and apply the whole concept they've been learning with place value in a game called five-way challenge. Can students take a number and show it with tens and ones? Can you write it in number words? Can they compose it in a different way, in expanded form? And then eventually, can they write it in base 10 form? As we go through this show, we take the number 273 and have students show different ways. Of course, things like expanded form, maybe even the base 10 form might be easy for them. But being able to show it with ones and tens only when it's a number in the hundreds and then having to compose it a different way, those are two challenges that are really good for second graders. For the extension activities, the students can do the five-way challenge with a friend. They may also do it at home or even for homework. Last up is third grade. In 301, we're multiplying with multiples of 10, and in 302, we're multiplying larger numbers. The I can statements are I can multiply any one-digit whole number 
by a multiple of 10. I can multiply numbers that are larger than 20. The extension activity is four in a row, multiples of 10, and then close to 100. Rounding out the number talks for third grade this month, we're focusing on subtraction to make sure kids understand the concept, not with just with Springling, but also DC. And of course, we get a visit from T-Pops. You want to ask yourself, do your third graders really understand how to subtract? Do they understand the connection with DC and subtraction? Do they understand how T-Pops does subtraction, especially with two-digit minus a two-digit with a non-regroup? The concept in the episode of 301 is to multiply any one-digit number by a multiple of 10. So we could do something like 6 times 90 or 4 times 30. This also makes a great show to help kids visualize what we're talking about. I have heard the statement about multiplying more times than I can remember. If it's 4 times 30, boys and girls, just do 4 times 3 and then add on the zero. Ah! Don't ever say that because it doesn't make sense. Kids who are thinking, what do you mean? Four times three and then add the zero. Why? To which you really respond, don't ask why, just do it. At least that's how I learn. This show really takes kids step by step to help them to get the connection and the concept across in your instruction. We want kids to understand the why before the how. Let's start by having kids look at what it means to do three times 40. I have base 10 blocks that might be laid out with 12 sticks but I'm going to organize them so I see them as three groups of four. There are 12 total blocks, but the value of each of those is not 10, not, it's, not, it's 10, not one. So 12 times 10 is 120. As we start to work through this concept, we've got to bring in our friend T-Pops. T-Pops is going to help the students to understand this. And I have to be honest, I love doing this with the place value discs. I know you're probably not surprised because I always love using those. But we want kids to be able to see what's going on. If you have 8 times 30, let's figure out how many total discs first. I have 8 groups of 3. The kids can visualize it and look at the discs. We're not talking about the value of 10 but we're really look now looking at eight times three, which is showing how many exact disks there are. Oh, I see that we have eight groups of three, so I know that there are 24 total disks. Okay, but the value of each of those disks is worth 10. Oh, that's why it's 24 times 10. It's not about memorizing, just add that zero. We've got a lot of different examples that we help to solidify the understanding of this concept. There's nothing wrong with using base 10 to do this, base 10 blocks, but I urge you if you don't have place value discs in your classroom or are available to send home, please go ahead and use them virtually. They're a really great non-proportional tool to help students understand this concept. We have a lot of really fun, we have a really fun game that students can do called four in a row multiples of 10. Students are gonna roll a die and they're gonna answer the different problems so they can see who could be first to get four in a row. In episode 302, the I can statement is I can multiply numbers larger than 20. This is where kids get to go into the estimation exploration on other ways to invite students to the lesson. We present the problem three times 26 and ask what would be a good estimate for this? What would be too low? What would be too just right? What would be too high? Well, as we look at this problem, we want kids to start to process. So we go through the reasoning as how kids would estimate their answers to be too low or about right. So often kids are just spoon-fed multiplication. They don't actually get an opportunity to think about what's going on. 
Like, for example, oh, if I thought of 26, it's kind of like quarters, which are worth 25. And if I have three quarters, it would be about 75. We know our kids hate estimating because they want to be exactly right. So we bring DC back into the show to help them learn more about this teen numbers. And we're going to decompose the two-digit number by breaking down the multiplication. So for example, if I had two times 37 with DC, that would help them decompose it into 30 and seven. And so we can easily multiply 30 times two and seven times two to get that together. Of course, we want kids to see this in an area model as they're solving it, so they're actually seeing the values of what they're creating. Oftentimes in multiplication, kids are learning that traditional method is seven times two, and then it's, you know, two times three, but it's not actually two times three, it's two times 30. We also have the place value disk as an initial part of the episode. If you feel students might still need to visualize it with that idea of four groups of 22, let's say they're going to solve that. You could also look at the disks to help at-risk learners to help to process. I see four groups of 20. Oh my gosh, I can figure that out. Now I see four groups of two. We can solve this in many different examples in the show to help you, hoping that students will become efficient in their understanding. We really want to lean third graders away from the idea that the most effective way in multiplication is repeated addition. We have other strategies that we can start to be using at this point. For the extension activity, we have some really great games that you might want to use with your students with multiplying larger numbers. The game's called closest to 100. Students get to decide the value of their numbers and they go to multiply with that strategy as they're doing it. I hope that you're having fun watching these shows as I have creating them. I have just truly been a rewarding experience and I cannot wait for the ones that are coming in the month of February. We continue to work on standards that we are actually teaching and we'll have a special visit, visit from my friend, Professor Barbo, who will help us teach word problems a totally different way than you and I learned. If you're an M cubed Molding Math Mindset member, make sure you're taking advantage of your backstage pass to the exclusive Math Might content by tagging and downloading the PowerPoints that you use on a daily basis, both this year and for years to come.